Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to Two Birds, One. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do this if you're just going to laugh at me. Sorry, sorry. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. I'm putting on my podcast acting voice, okay? My podcast energy. No. Need to be extra so everyone can the microphone. Good morning and welcome back to Two Birds, One Pot. I'm not going to say it, Kate Fertile. It's episode one, Kate as a human. How exciting. Hello, Kate. Hi. Hello. Hello. This Hello. Podcast, I'm good. The podcast is about you today. How do you feel? Fuck. <laughs> yes. That. Um, yep. Good. Great. Wonderful. We love vulnerability. We do. We wanted to do these so that you guys get to know a little bit about us. And just to look, fucking lead from the front, we're going to be real raw and filtered, vulnerable, all of the shit on the table. Let's go. That's it. And cool. So what if, well, before we dive deep into Cage as a Human, what have you been up to this week? Tell me. I want to know. Catch up. Excellent. So it's been a huge week for me, actually, personally. Um, mm-hmm. Two big things. First of all, I have just launched my brand new body image course. Get it. Great. Um, it's called Becoming Your Bod's Bestie. And love. You didn't tell me the name. Yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. it. Yeah. I love it. Um, and yeah, so I launched it to my wait list last night. So it's been a big week of like preparing for that, all of the things. And then the other big thing that's happened is just this last week, um, my mum sold our family farm. And so yeah. I've been down at the farm. We did a, a farm clearance auction and everyone came and bought all of the shit, the tractors, the mowers, the motorbikes, everything is gone. And that chopped off my family is shut. So that was big physically yeah. as well as emotionally because yeah. um yeah big family chapter shots yeah it's good. nice Great. yeah and so you spend a lot of the time your time on the farm growing up what sort of, like what does the farm and that probably mean for you yeah so no I didn't grow up there we didn't actually ever live there but we yeah. inherited it 15 years ago from my grandparents which was mm-hmm. lovely of them so for the last 15 years it has been either leased out to other people or managed by other people we never like lived there lived there yeah but I spent a lot of time there we went down yeah to holidays yeah. uni holidays all kinds of shit over the last 15 years and there was yeah there's like a big emotional attachment to the land it's beautiful yeah it feels so good there and free and like there's barely any phone service so you're just like in nature and it's just Mm. yeah it's been a big part of my life for the last 15 years so yeah you shared um some images and video when you were there on your instagram kate fertile make sure you go check her out um and it looked it was absolutely stunning like i felt like i was being taken away to yeah the aussie outback just land fresh air Mm. greenery Mm. it just felt i even felt like very calm and peaceful looking at all those those images yeah there's been a bunch of rain down there so the grass is massive which hasn't been the case we've been in a drought for many 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 years and they've just had an awesome season and 
it was a really nice, it's really nice to see the land like that because for so long the grass has been minimal, like mm. stock haven't necessarily had enough feed. And so it's a nice way to sort of pass it on to the next owners. Yeah. Yeah. How exciting. And do you know much about the new owners? Like, are they going to be, I don't even, so I'm so like, I have no knowledge, very limited knowledge. So the farm was a working farm, yep. active working. And was active it working. produce, cattle? So, yep. So uh, cattle and sheep as well as cropping. So there was some really nice cropping flats. So Lucen is currently planted and yeah, so sheep, cattle and the neighbours walked in and the they, they sort of border our property and mm-hmm. offered mum something that she couldn't refuse. And so fortunately we know them, we know mm. that they have good farming practices. Mm. That was something that mum was worried about. A lot of yeah. people like flogged the fuck out of their farms and so, yeah. um, you know, the land isn't looked after and that was something that was really important to mum yeah and so yeah we know them we know that they're going to do a good job and if we ever wanted to go down there we have the ability yeah how awesome is that yeah it is nice and I suppose like you said um that kind of little legacy that was built and that connection you know that that's all in you know safe hands Hmm. and so can we just chat a little bit more about this course that you've got coming out yeah so talk to me what um because you surprised me with the name change there we talked about it uh, a little bit we'd had a like a, a pretty big conversation actually about and now you've got to change it but for the better it sounds like it so uh yeah this is I guess we can get into it now uh, this is a really big pivot for me personally yes. and in business I there's a lot here actually but as someone and I guess as we get into life stuff it'll it'll make a little bit more sense but mm-hmm. I've struggled with my body image for my entire life I've struggled mm-hmm. with being overweight I've struggled even when I had done that body building competition which again we'll mm-hmm. get into in a bit um, I, I still struggle with my body. I've always had body image shit. And in the last couple of years, I've really been working on my relationship with myself or my relationship with my body and kind of understood that this is one of my favorite quotes. And we actually said it on Instagram the other day yeah. that your body is very literally the least important mm. thing about you. Yes. And as women, we place so much emphasis and we intertwine and wrap our worth and our weight or our appearance because of what we see we see on social media it's like literally in our face all of the time social media magazines media even like advertising it's always in our face these beauty standards and we place emphasis on being the like being the beauty standard means that you're worthy and good enough and if you're not that then you're my terms a piece of shit I don't like but yeah unworthy not good enough yeah and so yeah I it's something that I've personally struggled with and overcome. And it's something that I know that every single woman on this planet struggles with. And so I've developed a course, it's eight weeks long. It goes through the four aspects of body image, as well as four other weeks of creating worth, understanding who you are, creating worth outside of your appearance, taking appearance off the fucking table. And like, who are you? Yeah. Yeah. You are worthy for no other reason other than you are you. And Dude, so, yes, preach, sister, preach it. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's what it's all about. It's launched as of yesterday. <gasps> How exciting. 
Yeah, it's fucking exciting. So if you're interested, shameless plug, um, <laughs> go check out my Instagram at kpertle and you can have a geezer, have a gander. Yeah, love that. And I um, shared a post that was on a very similar topic just the other day too. I can't even remember what it, but it was triggered by I listened to your story um, about how your body is the least interesting thing about you. And it doesn't, like, who who are you? Like you said, who you are as a person is what matters the most in this world. Uh, it doesn't matter what you look like. If you have more body fat, less body fat, it doesn't necessarily change the being that you can be. It doesn't stop me mm. from being kind, caring, loving. Um, mm. your, your body is just this really awesome vessel that, mm. you know, we do need to work on loving to get us through life. And it is a shame that a lot of women, myself included, often feel the way that we do about our body. And I love that you're here helping helping women heal and being able to love themselves for who they are so it's very exciting I'm excited I'm so excited and I think that's a great little segue in today's topic Kate as a human who are you where did it start how have you developed into the person that you are today where you are what you do and why do you want to help people (laughs) so all those questions roll into it let's start at the beginning Let's start at the beginning. Yeah, get it. Yeah, get it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this episode is, yeah, all about Kate Pirtle, who I am, where I've come from. Nearly 30, so I've nearly got three decades to share, but uh, where did it start? So I grew up in a little tiny town called Colorinabri, which is on the edge, like basically the border of New South Wales and Queensland, middle of fucking nowhere, like Mm -hmm. 100 people in the town. I was born... It's so small that my mum had to travel four hours to have me. So that's that. Um, (laughs) We moved to a place called Camden, which is on the edge of Sydney. And we spent a lot of time there. Obviously, my parents bought an auction business when I was eight years old. And so I started working when I was eight, Mm, which is where my drive and work Mm. ethic really began. And that's a really big part of who I am because that experience that life experience from eight was phenomenal I learned you know there's people who look like they were homeless but they're millionaires so like the Mm. lesson of don't judge a book by its cover and just seeing such an array like every Saturday 1500 to 2000 people would walk in the doors and an array of humans from all walks of life and so from a very young age I learned so many important life lessons about humans and reading people and not judging a book by its cover and really just, yeah, work ethic and all kinds of stuff. So my parents owned that business for nearly 20 years. And I remember my brother and I used to, we asked, we had to, my parents worked seven days a week, stupidly hard. And my brother and I used to hate it because we'd have to be there every weekend and school holidays. And mum and dad often couldn't come to our sport games and everyone Mm. else's parents were there. But I've recently had a conversation with my brother and, and we have a lot of gratitude for that experience because that, particular chunk of our lives and experiencing that was so unique and it's definitely shaped both of us into who we are and so yeah that was that I then went to I went to boarding school which is also a really big part of me being an independent person and yeah that definitely shaped me in a lot of ways as well so I went to a school in Sydney a pretty ritzy girls private school which was a fantastic experience I boarded there so I was with like 30 sisters all of the time so yeah, that was 
a very interesting part of growth and development and, and not really having parental like control per se, but there was definitely obviously a lot of rules at school. Authority, yeah. Authority, yeah. yeah. Structure, make your yeah. bed, get out of the house at 7.30, all that kind of stuff. Then I, so, wow, how the fuck do you put your life into like- I know. <laughs> <laughs> like what happened next? <laughs> Where my parents had the auction company, it was on 20 acres of land. And the intention of them buying that block of land was to subdivide it. However, the block of land subdivision took 16 years to be approved with council and so that's why they started running the auction business it was existing on that block of land so after 16 years when the development application got approved to subdivide the land they ended up doing a subdivision of 100 houses on that 20 acres and so I was very involved in the process of Mm. wow here's a massive paddock and after a couple of years suddenly there's literally a little suburb that's been built so yeah because of that I decided to do town planning at university yeah so, I, 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 and I was like where's this leading and I was like oh yes you used to be a town planner yeah yeah um so yeah I didn't know what I wanted to do obviously who the fuck does know what they want to do when they're 18 and um it was actually my dad who suggested like well, you're interested in this. Like I was fascinated by the fact that it was a paddock and then it was a suburb, you know, why don't you do this degree? I'm like, uh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. um, went to uni. I did that. That was a five year long degree. Realized by about year three that it wasn't for me, but I'm like, well, I'm over halfway. I might as well just fucking finish it. Yeah. Mm, I wonder how many people that happens to oh. go to uni, <laughs> just so many, finish like- it for the sake of it. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't. Who are you at eighteen? Like seriously, you, who are yeah. you? Yeah, uh, no not 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 many people know. I think there are some people out there who know what they want to do and and they're willing to commit and work towards that. But yeah, there's a lot of us out there. Like I've never really had a career before the one I'm this. doing now. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. You're right. Some people <laughs> do, but I think yeah. most people have no fucking clue. You don't even know who you are at eighteen. Mm. You don't know. What so mean? much self-discovery happening. Yeah. So much. So uni, you completed yeah, so uni. uni. Completed uni, but throughout the process of uni, I began my weight loss journey. So this is where okay. coaching yep. and everything sort of began. So I was the first two years of uni, I was in college. I didn't have the authoritarian boarding school rules. Um, mm. I hadn't really like drunk before. I hadn't really spent that much time with males because I was in an all girls boarding school. Mm. I went fucking wild for two years, like yeah, drinking like four or five nights a week, eating you know at Macca's at six a.m. still out from a night out. Yeah, um, look, so let's get it. So we've, we've all done that. <laughs> we've all done that. But it was it was interesting. I guess with reflection, I was super insecure. I lacked confidence. I lacked self esteem. I was obese. I was like nearly one hundred and forty kilos. Mm. Um, and I often used, like, I always actually used alcohol to mask everything, how I was feeling. Like, I didn't feel yeah. confident until I was like three bottles of Passion Pop deep, which is disgusting to say. Passion um, Pop, but- too. Come on. <laughs> Dude, I was a broke uni student. It was three bucks a bottle. <laughs> get absolutely fuck eyed on $9. Question Can I interject? So, uh, had weight been an issue for most of your life, or was it more uni that you kind of gained, started gaining weight? no so I was an overweight kid I got bullied when I was six years old it was the first time that I had ever heard the word fat in a derogatory negative Mm. way yeah 
um, that is actually a very important part. Like, how do you, yeah, how do you chronologically put your life in order? But yes, yeah, six years old, got bullied for the first time, created a belief at six that I was fat as a identity versus like as a substance, mm-hmm. um, as a noun, not a verb, English. Um, I'm so bad at English, so. <laughs> and so I developed this identity that because I was overweight, because I looked the way that I did, that's where my body image appearance issues started, mm-hmm. that I was susceptible to being bullied, that I was different, that, yeah, it meant something negative about me. And so I, yeah, I was overweight forever. Mum put us in like swimming lessons after school every day. One, for exercise, two, because she was working like until seven o'clock at night or something. And so she thought that swimming was a great energy output, but also she had her limited experience on nutrition and was a feeder. Like she wanted to make sure we were fed and we were fed. Yeah. Um, So if we're looking at like energy input, output kind of scenario, there was definitely more input. And so we... Um, yeah, we grew up overweight, both of us, my brother and I. Um, and yeah, it's sort of just in year 10, I actually had Ross River fever. And so I okay. was yeah. basically on the couch for six months. It's like chronic fatigue slash yeah. glandular fever mixed in one. And so I gained, like I was already overweight and then I gained a bunch more weight from literally just being bed bound for six months. Mm-hmm. Then through year 11 and 12 and then into college, it just kind of like kept creeping up and I didn't really know mm. what to do and tried a bunch of fad diets and all kinds of shit, but obviously none of that stuff works. And so, um, yeah, then in college, it, it really catapulted because I was drinking heaps and eating heaps. Yeah. Um, and so the first year that I moved out of college and into a, an apartment with a friend, it was the first year that I'm like, right, I've got to fucking sort this shit out. And I hired a personal trainer and then that kind of catapulted the whole weight loss journey. Yeah. So yeah, I was I was uh, doing town planning at, at uni. I started working full time as a like, um, what do you call it? Undergraduate town planner. Uh, and so I had a routine, I had structure, and I was not going out partying all the time. So that yeah. began the weight loss stuff. So I finished my years at uni whilst simultaneously losing weight, and then I became a town planner. I got a job in a consultancy in Sydney. And for two years, I was doing that whilst also working on my weight loss and documenting everything on Instagram. Mm. Then it got to a point where I'm like, I literally fucking hate this. Like I hate town planning. I'm so bored. I was just sitting at work, like hating it. And, and I found this passion with helping other people. Like people were like, oh my God, how'd you do it? I was just documenting at that point. Yeah. And so can, I was like, can I interject again with a question? Um, yes. During this kind of like first fat loss kind of journey, you went on um were you conscious about your emotions thoughts and feelings like um were did you have the subconscious thoughts looking back of like being worthless or anything like that during that process how were Hmm. you feeling throughout that process or was it more just kind of focused on the end goal I'm just going through kind of these aspects of life at the moment great question Mm. I felt worthless not enough Mm. all of those negative things about myself subconsciously Mm -hmm. but there was something there that was driving this like absolute obsession commitment like weighing everything down to the fucking Mm. workout like avoiding going to dinners with my friends because I had to go to the gym things like that Mm. so the the driver 
was this really hateful, negative perception of myself. Mm, yeah. And I'm a, again, to use Kate terms, like I'm a fat fuck. Like this is what I used to say to myself. Like, yeah. I'm a piece of shit. Like I'm such a disgusting. Yeah. That makes me sad. I know. It makes me sad too. <laughs> like the things that we can, I used to speak How to hurtful myself. are they? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, you're such a disgusting human. Like you're so ugly. Like no one ever loves you. Like the only reason people like you is because you're funny. And so I developed humor. Mm, yeah. Like thankful for it because I think I'm fucking hilarious. But <laughs> humor was a trauma response. Like, yeah. Yeah. I developed humor so that I could feel like people like me. Yeah. Yeah. Which. Again, it's sad, but it's kind of worked out in the end. <laughs> yeah, oh. I think it's the intention behind something maybe that's what we need to look at a little bit closer. And like like the intention with your fat loss at that time, it wasn't from, like you hear the saying, like is it from a place of love or a place of hate? And it was from a place of hating yourself and then trying to create this uh, other identity, I guess, to mask how you're really feeling about yourself. That's a, another question mark. Yeah, very true. And also at that stage, like early 20s, no awareness of emotions, no Mm. awareness of childhood development, Mm. no no awareness of psychology, no awareness of subconscious Mm. mind, nothing. Like didn't know a thing. Just, yeah, knew that I had this fucking forceful drive from inside, but it was driven Mm. by I don't want to be. It was moving away from pain versus moving towards pleasure. So Mm like this driver from I fucking hate myself yeah yeah the only way that I'm going to feel better is weight loss yeah it's I think is a very common common, yeah yeah is tying all your self-worth into your weight yeah yeah Yeah. um so we've we're doing town planning realized you hated it you're on like this kind of fat loss journey people are asking you hey can you help? Yeah. So um, the coach that I had at the time, he was a personal trainer in the gym that I was going to, but he also had an online program. And I'm like, fuck, people do this online. Yeah. I could do that. Like I could give out the same information I'm giving, but get paid for it. And I'm so fucking passionate about it. And so I... (laughs) I literally (laughs) had like a split decision. I didn't tell my parents. I resigned from my job. Hindsight's a bitch. Wasn't the smartest move. I was like 23 or something, but whatever. It worked out in the end. Quit my job, then called my parents and said, hey, Hey. um, (laughs) I'm going to become an online coach. And they were like, no, my dad was like, that's, we didn't talk about my dad in childhood, but my dad was like, "Um, that's fucking stupid. Like he thought Mm. he's a very traditional, you go to uni, you get the job, you work up in the corporate ladder, like become the Achievement, achievement base. Yeah. Yeah. Um, success driven but also like very traditional corporate yeah that's that's the way even though my brother does online shit and he started doing it before I did but whatever that's a whole nother story yeah um yeah so my dad was like that's really fucking stupid and you're an idiot basically and my mom was like oh my god like woo chasing dreams and (laughs) that's her that's her energy too (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) um so I yeah I quit my job I left Sydney Fortunately, I was very, very fortunate and grateful and lucky to have this opportunity where um, 
my grandmother had recently passed away and we inherited her house up here in Port Macquarie mm-hmm. and no one was living in it and they didn't know what to do with it. My dad was still emotionally attached. He didn't want to sell it. So I'm like, can I move to that house, live rent free and start an online business? And very fortunate that there was a yes and I moved up here and yeah, I hired a business coach straight away because I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm mm. doing. I invested $35,000 into a business mastermind for 12 months. And I was the only person, like everyone else was very established. Everyone else had been in business for several years. And my business mentor at the time was like, I don't know, but there's something about you. Like I never mm. take on people, but there's something about you, like fucking come on board. So I did. And yeah, I spent that next 12 months. She was driven. He was, and was he driven. saw it. Yeah. yeah. Saw the potential. Yeah, that's a great coach. Yeah. Um, Building my business, which at that time was called Persistence Pays. And it was a weight loss oriented program, obviously due to my own personal story, having lost like close to 50 kilos. I, Mm. um, the type of client that was attracted to me was also someone who was very overweight and had a lot of weight to lose. Um, And so, yeah, I spent the next couple of years running that business, helping people lose weight, um, helping people transform their lives. And that was a great chapter. And then I decided that my next move was to compete in a transformation bodybuilding competition. What sparked this? That's the question that I've always wanted to know because I know that's been a part of your story, but why? I started training in a gym in Sydney, which was before, wait, how did that happen? Yeah. So the gym that I was training at in Sydney was Hattie Boydell's gym. Yes. And Hattie Boydell, for anyone who's listening, who doesn't know, is a WBFF pro. WBFF is the world beauty, fitness mm. and fashion. Correct. Um, she's a world champion. She's a world champion. She's amazing so at what she does. Beautiful human. Fantastic human. Yes. So I was environment matters and I was surrounded by I had no intention of doing it but I was surrounded by all of these women who were training to compete in a bodybuilding competition yeah um I just went to the gym because I liked her philosophy I liked her yeah um you know it was a great environment so yeah I think that gym sparked that thought like oh okay I've lost all this weight um and now like at that time I was very goal oriented I had competed in a triathlon I'd Mm. run a half marathon um and I felt at the time which is definitely something that I've since worked through with my psychologist but I felt at the time like the only way that I could keep progressing was to keep setting these stupid large goals yeah and to achieve and to succeed and so living life just being a healthy human wasn't on the radar for me it was like what's my next massive big fucking goal so I can prove myself and like Prove, prove that I'm good enough. So yeah, I just, that, that environment sparked that thought. And uh, even when I moved away up here to port, I, it was in the back of my mind and I'm like, this is it. This is the next step. So I hired a specific bodybuilding coach um, and I trained for 18 months to wow. go and do this competition. That and- is commitment and dedication. And I think no matter where you are, in your life like to commit to something for 18 months is massive yeah it was a long fucking time and it was like by the end it was training twice a day it was yeah 1400 calories yeah 
and this is a the do not this is in the do not bucket yes <laughs> this is what this you very do much not in the do, do not <laughs> this is in the if you want to fuck up your relationship with yourself and food do this but if yeah. you don't like <laughs> um yeah so 18 months to do it it was I ended up picking just because I like to pick big like if you didn't fucking do it like go big so I decided yeah. to do it in London because like yeah. why not yeah Spend get to travel yeah so yeah 18 months to do this comp I thought it was I I here's where shit started to shift mm-hmm. I oops, something um, <laughs> I placed so much emphasis on the outcome of this goal and yes what I truly thought was going to happen as a result yeah. of com- competing in the competition winning mm. don't do it just to participate and challenge yourself you've got to win mm. um I honestly thought that it would take my business from where it was, which was already successful to mm. fucking catapulted into a whole nother planet. Yeah. And I also still had the premise that I'm going to feel better about myself when I get to this next level body. Yeah. And because of that, I didn't actually enjoy the process. I fucking hated it. Like, yeah. Maybe that's not entirely true. There were parts that I enjoyed, of course. Like I do enjoy challenging myself. I do enjoy setting a goal. I enjoy yeah. working towards it. I was but just going to say that maybe there, was, there are parts of that process that align with your values. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Um, she got it. <laughs> she got it. Yeah. So there were parts of it. And then the other part of it was this drive to prove myself, this drive to feel mm. enough, this yeah. drive to succeed, to perform, because what I'd experienced in the past is anytime I did something big, any big goal, lose the weight, run the half marathon, run the triathlon, I received so much external validation. Yes. Yeah. I feel that. And I received it from people who mattered to me. And as someone who always aspired to gain love from my father that I never felt as a child Mm. it was when I did these big things that I received that validation from him yeah and I've often done things in my life to oh boy here we go (laughs) I'm proud of you (laughs) to gain that yeah yeah big cuddles (laughs) it's okay Um, feel you're allowed to feel yeah, so as, as, as children, we always um, aspire to have the love that we feel that we don't have. Mm. And I always felt that I had my mum's love and I never felt like I had my dad's love. Mm. And so that really showed up in me in this success, perform, achieve pattern that I didn't realise was running in the background. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that was the thing that was driving me to continue to set all these big massive goals because when I achieved them I received the love that I always or at least the the love in adverted commas like that you external validation and the praise yeah. that I always desired to have yeah yeah so it just amazes actually- amazes me how we even as adults we still crave the love from the parents like and how not receiving something and yeah it can just greatly impact the rest of our lives till you start to heal <laughs> that's right I was gonna say but it's it's I'm like it's just such a like double-edged sword because these experiences really do shape you if you choose they, they can shape you how you choose and you've chosen yeah. to use your experiences for good 
to help others. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. That's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I place so much emphasis on what was going to happen as a result of achieving yeah. this. And it was personal, personally driven and business, businessly <laughs> driven by what mm. I thought was going to happen to my business as a result. I thought I was going to win it. And then I thought that I could have this title, like the winner of the transformation competition. Yeah. And that would help my business and it would, and you know, the body transformation shit. Like this is also why I've decided to go down the body image route because for so long, literally my body was my marketing tool. Yeah. Yeah. My, my transformation was the way and, and my clients transformations, but like my main story obviously is my own and my main transformation, sorry, my transformation was my main marketing message. And yeah. it took a long time to unlearn that shit. And that's why I'm so passionate now about, about the body image route because we place mm. so much emphasis on what we look like and it just doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> but it took me a yeah. long time to get there. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a journey. Yeah. So then what happened after that? Um, I, yeah, so we competed. So what happened competed. after competition? So you competed, you didn't win, did win. Didn't win. There was, um, there was a winner, but he was mentioned at the, like the media day meeting. I honestly think he like knew the judges or whatever there was. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We all <laughs> are, we, are we a little bit, are we a little bit sour? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Politics. I think there's a lot of politics that go on in that yeah. industry, in that federation rather. And uh, yeah, anyway, we'll leave it there. Um, <laughs> didn't win, got a participation award, but I, because I place so much emphasis on winning, I yeah. don't think I stopped and like felt proud of myself. Mm. And that's a really important lesson to no matter where you are, who you are, what you're doing to fucking stop every day for three seconds and say, dude, yeah. Hey, this Look, to yourself. we don't, fo- and and I think this is a common theme with a lot of women and especially with a lot of my clients and it's a big part of what I help unlearn in people is outcome, outcome, outcome. So outcome focus and they're, and I feel like it's like they're not enjoying the journey um, and it, it is. Cliche it, as it does, it does. And yeah, just putting that, pressure and that's a certain expectation of ourselves and then not realizing that what we're doing is actually achieving so much and I often like I have a question in my clients check-ins and it's what have you achieved this week and a lot of my clients will be like nothing and I'm like dude the point is that we start thinking about those little things that we're doing every week no matter how small that are helping lead to this great thing not setting these massive goals like we don't have to set big goals all the time Hmm. and that's hmm. a lesson in itself and it sounds like it's big a big couple of lessons that you've learned during that little phase there maybe a better question is what can you celebrate this week mm, I like that yeah because I like that we we wrap so much up in achievement and it, it exists until you unlearn it it exists but the truth yeah. is that every single day we can celebrate something like yeah. you don't have to fucking achieve big goals I can celebrate the fact that we're here having a com- like, like actually this is massive because they're starting a whole fucking podcast, <laughs> but maybe that's a bad example. Um, I can Dude, celebrate the fact yeah. that if you've I, got 
yeah, you go. Sorry, you go. Go, Kate Pertle. Um, I was feeling really anxious this morning and instead of like yeah. not doing anything about it, I spent 10 minutes fucking dancing around my living room because I know that that would make me feel better. And so that's not a massive big goal or achievement, but yet I took 10 minutes to myself for myself today. And that's, yeah. that's something to celebrate. Yeah, love it. And I was just going to say, because I've got depression, that's something that I've suffered with for a long time. On those days that I'm depressed, I can still get up and make myself a coffee and that's fucking massive. It's not that's something to celebrate. Yeah, it is. It's something to celebrate. The fact that I can push myself, get out of bed, do something, no matter how big or small for myself. Mm. Um, yeah, get it. And <laughs> so end of competition, we oh. placed all this emphasis on winning and what that meant for your business. Uh, and so what happened when you didn't? Yeah, so post London, I actually moved to Portugal because, like, go big or go home, you know? Like, really mm. great time to move overseas with no friends or support network. Fantastic decision. Yeah. Whatever. We move, we grow, we, we grow through what we go through. Um, yeah, so I moved to Lisbon, Portugal. Um, it was also another big, I need to prove myself as an online business owner thing, which I can see in hindsight, didn't know it at the time. Um, and that's where our relationship started. So if you haven't listened to the intro episode, you'll know more about that yes. if you go listen to it. Um, but yeah, so I felt really lost because for 18 months, it was like the date was on my fucking whiteboard in front of my face every single day. It was the screensaver on my phone. It was like, this is the only thing that's important. It sounds really fucked up when I say it, but at the time it was, yeah. this is literally the only thing that's important to but me. But it is. When you're in that mode, it is. Your whole life revolves around it. Yeah. So what I did, how much I slept, like literally everything, even socializing, like my socializing was minimal because this this goal was so important to me. And it's not it's not bad to, to have that. I think you and I both experienced that. Um, however... I've got a much more flexible approach now to mm. goal setting and achieving mm. in inverted commas because of the experiences that I've been through. Mm. And I think it's important to celebrate yourself along the way as well as fucking live your life. Yeah. <laughs> um, competing is a whole different world though. Like it, it is. is really important that you are this, that focus. But for me now it's like, I would never do it again personally. Um because I think very differently now. Yeah. So yeah, I felt really lost for 18 months. It was the only thing that I focused on, the only thing that was important to me. And then suddenly it was done. And I'm like, yeah. okay, so. What do I do why, now? Who am I? I? Who am yeah. I? The outcome that I thought was going to happen didn't. And I also had a really fucked up relationship with myself and food based on what I'd been doing. Mm. And then I was in a new country and I didn't mm. have a support network and I felt really insecure and I was trying to make friends. So I started drinking to liquid courage myself into mm. conversations with new humans. And I also went from being super restricted to having all of the choices in the world and had yeah. no plan on reversing out of yeah. this stupidly low deficit that I was in. And so I just went a bit nuts. Yeah. I, I started binging and overeating and drinking. And yeah, that's where you and I started working together because I just felt so lost and just in this really shitty emotional space. Um, and 
yeah, all the business stuff that I thought was going to happen didn't happen. And so I was kind of left in this like no man's land of like, yeah, who am I? What am I doing? Where do I go from now? Like, what the fuck is my life? So I spent, I was, uh, what happened? I started working with my old business coach again because I felt lost in the business sense. And I started working with you because I felt Mm. lost in the health sense. Mm -hmm. And Hey, but step back, kudos for reaching out for help when you felt you needed it. I think, yeah, pat some back. I think that's massive. I think I honestly think that's massive. It, that takes a lot of courage to kind of recognize where you are in life and what you need help with. And then to actually reach out and ask for that help. Thanks. That's okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I got help with business. I got help with health. Those were sort of my two big core areas. Then I came home for a month because I was really unhappy in Portugal. Like I'd made friends, but it takes a long time to develop depth friendships. of friendships. Yeah. Um, so I had people to hang out with, but I was going through all this shit and didn't really have that support network in person. So, mm. and it was raining and it was a bit miserable in, in Lisbon. So I came home for a month. It was summer in Australia, went to the beach, whatever, met my ex-partner then and um yeah yeah I was in Sydney for one night we matched on the old tinderoo um went back to port for a couple of weeks and I'm like P.S. I live in Portugal I literally live in Portugal right now so I'm leaving the country and he's like oh we'd had really good conversations yeah I went back to Portugal um we developed a really close connection we ended up facetiming like twice a day i was spending like four hours a day on facetime morning and evening we fell in love through a phone yeah Um, and i was pretty done with my portugal chapter just felt complete there and i also had this thing back home um so i decided to move home and within a week of me being home he got a job promotion that moved him to Melbourne. He's like, I'm not going to go if you don't come with me. And I'm like, I don't have a house or a home. So like, fuck it, let's go. So then I moved to Melbourne with him. It was my first relationship. Yeah. Um, massive. How, how, how was that from a vulnerable point of view? So previous to this relationship, had you just not been looking for a relationship? Um, didn't feel worthy of a relationship? Yeah. So up until that, I think I was 26. When we got mm. together, 27, how am I? 27, 26-ish. Um, never been in a relationship before that. Um, wow, this is a whole chapter. Should we go into it? Yeah, let's go. We're yeah. here. All right. Because so, it's a big, it's a big one. That's an important one. It is a very big important one. So prior to this, I had very low self-worth. Even when I'd done that competition and I was like the leanest I'd ever been. I and this is why body image is so fucking important, because I was the smallest I'd ever been as an adult human and I still hated myself. I was Mm. miserable. I still lacked worth. I still thought I was ugly and disgusting and I had to get smaller to be even able to attract another human. So prior to that, I'd had a lot of one night stands. Like I slept with a lot of different men because my worth levels were really, Mm. really low. So seeking that external validation. Yeah. Very much so. But then not ever feeling comfortable to be vulnerable. And I mean, like sex is like a whole nother thing. But in in that form to speak like this much about it, I never felt worthy of their attention. So it was always me to them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so there was never any deep emotional connection built with a man like ever. Mm. So I think the only reason that Scott and I worked 
was because we built a relationship over the phone and I had a level of detachment. It was, if this doesn't work, whatever, I'm in another country. And so I felt comfortable getting vulnerable with him because I was on the other fucking side of the world. Yeah, yeah. And had we'd, we'd see ya. It doesn't work. Bye. <laughs> Literally, and we'd actually had that conversation when we were together. That like, I actually don't think that we would have gotten together because I would have been like, "See ya. Not worthy of this. Bye." Yeah, yeah. And so the only reason I think that it worked was because I had I had an out. I had I had it was detached enough in like it was connected and vulnerable, but it was only that way because I wasn't sitting across him at a fucking table saying it. Yeah. Yeah, you could leave. You could leave if you wanted to. You had an escape route, which was something that made you feel safe. Yes, very much so. And so, yeah, it then became, you know, such a massive learning curve as a human, like being vulnerable with someone. Mm. And like, he knew me at that time more than anyone in my entire life ever knew me. And I shared shit with him. I mean, obviously, I would hope that everyone's relationship is like this, but I shared shit with him that I'd never shared with anyone. And I... Mm just put all of my deepest, darkest shit on the table and he loved me anyway. And Yeah, unconditional love. That's a nice feeling, isn't it? It is. And he was such a great first partner because he showed me, he showed me how to be loved. He Mm. showed me what it was like to have all of your shit but be loved anyway. And it was a really fantastic couple of years with him. Yeah. Um, I'm really grateful for that relationship because yeah, it it showed me how to be loved. It showed me how to love. It showed me many things that I hadn't experienced before in life. And it was the first person that I'd gone to the depths that I'd gone to with him ever with anyone. So yeah, that was a really great experience until it changed and it wasn't. And yeah, so I spent two years in, in, in Melbourne. I had, I I decided to shift my business model. It didn't Mm. work. Uh, because of my uh, what's the word like, <laughs> because of my achievement success like shit I felt like a massive failure and it spent, yeah. sent me into a huge spiral emotionally it uh, yeah it wasn't I mean it was a learning experience that's for sure but so you're still it, in Melbourne and still with your ex-partner at this stage correct yeah yeah so um, someone that I'd met in Portugal he's an Aussie uh, but we decided to work together. We basically shifted my business model that was perfectly fine. It was working and it was successful to something different. And he promised me the world and we he, we, we, uh, we were business partners in this. Okay, um, yeah. And yeah, it, it didn't work. And that yeah. was a really hard but important lesson because it, you know, I just, I learned a lot. I learned that it's Did okay you, that things yeah. don't work and... Did you kind of sway a little bit from your values in this kind of business venture? Um, is that a, or was it just compatibility more it was so? The model. It was that the I model. didn't have the audience to support the model. It was not okay. a high ticket. It was a low ticket. It was more right. a subscription-based membership model, which yeah. I just didn't have the people at the time to support that type of business. But he thought I did. Yeah. And we, we spent like six months building it out. And, and yeah, it just didn't work. And so... Yep. That then, yeah, it sent me into a spiral emotionally with my own relationship with myself. It was taxing on my relationship with Scott and it was also taxing on that friendship with this business partner that didn't work. And so then because of my history with coping patterns and Mm. coping mechanisms, Mm -hmm. um, I went towards food. And again, at that time, like 
thought I'd done personal development work, but like hadn't. I see indeed. You scratched, scratched the surface. Scratched the little surface. <laughs> um, and so I wasn't really, I wasn't consciously aware that I was doing it. And then I yeah. kind of like woke up in inverted commas and mm. I was like, fuck, I've just gained like 10 kilos. And I was a weight loss coach and I was meant to be leading by example. Yeah. Um, yep. So I'm just, just yearing went, because I, <laughs> I know what's coming next. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, so I, I, just, I kind of enter in your life again at this, around this point. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It's a little drink of water. My mouth. Yeah. Go dry. Oh, have a <laughs> water break. <laughs> <laughs> um, Everyone loves my slurping on my Instagram stories. They're there for it. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't, go check out at Korean Killer. Every For morning, me, hi- slurp and water. <laughs> yeah, hydrate before you caffeinate. It's a very important life lesson. It is. It is. <laughs> hey, I'm an influencer, dude. <laughs> totally. People are slurping as a result of your slurps. How yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, the world is my oyster, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's when I rehired Kareen. And again, this is outlined in the intro episode. Um, because I was just in this space of emotional turmoil and not being able Mm. to get my shit together by myself. Mm. Um, so yeah, we sort of got back on track a bit and I started feeling a bit better. And then I went into the next emotional turmoil, which was deciding to leave my relationship. Yay. I don't know. I guess your first breakup is, is hard. You don't don't know what to expect. So it's just fucking painful. Like all breakups, I'm sure are painful. Only had one so far, but the first one is particularly because we still loved each other. I was going to say it was more mutual too, wasn't it? Yeah. It was mutual. Yeah. And it's not because we fell out of love with each other. It's because we decided that we wanted to live our lives differently. And Mm. in that capacity, I guess. Yeah. And it was a really hard decision. Like the easier thing and the more comfortable thing to do was to stay. But I came to a point where I'm like, I'm really fucking unhappy in Melbourne. Like yeah. my moods um, can change dramatically with the weather. And yeah. I'm a beach, sun, sand, fucking ocean gal. And in what? Melbourne, if, <laughs> um, if you're not from Australia, Melbourne has, there's an ocean there, but it's just like this it's, shitty little bay. No, no. <laughs> the ocean exists, but it's not like the ocean, ocean um, the, the, You can have four different fucking seasons in a day. It could be raining, then sunny, then windy, then humid, then like fucking, you never know how to dress. Um, I couldn't find my humans in Melbourne. I, mm. I, I joined a couple of different groups and even created my own meetup. And I just could not find connections that I was looking for. And Scott wanted to stay there and like do his thing, career thing. And I was like, I'm unhappy here. And so it mm. literally came down to me choosing myself and my environment. Yeah. And, him choosing career. Yeah. and I mean, that says enough in the fact that we obviously weren't meant to be together forever because we would have worked it out, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was really, really, really difficult and really painful. And one of the hardest decisions I've ever made ever. I was still like so in love with him and thought that he was my person. And then even though I sort of brought it up, it ended up becoming a mutual decision. But because of who I am and what I've been through, it, it ended up being something where like it brought up all of my insecurities about why didn't he pick me and I'm not good enough and he should have chased yeah. me and followed yeah. me and obviously I'm unworthy and Mm. I suck and I'm a piece of shit. And so it brought up all of that stuff, which I thought that I had worked through. Yeah, I 
remember this vividly having a conversation with you too and another hard one I remember just saying to you like if he was going to chase you you would have done it by now oh and that was hard to say yeah (laughs) you hated me but But it was the truth that you needed to hear it was um because I was still holding on it's like um what's that metaphor about the flames burning like it was still flickering I thought that he was going to realize that, you know, he loved me and he wanted to chase me. And, and that hope still existed mm. for quite some time. And I was holding on to that. And yeah, you said that to me and I was like, fuck you. Motherfucker. But <laughs> with time, I'm like, she's right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I moved away. We ended the relationship. I moved away. I moved into state. I moved to Port Macquarie. My mum had just bought a house here and that kind of brings, that's sort of the last 18 months. I've been living in port. I thought I would be here for a couple of months. It's been mm. 18. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but we're still here. Um, I mean, no complaints. I live a hundred steps from the beach. I live in Beautiful. a multi, multi-million dollar house. Like won't be living in a house like this for a long time. Enjoy um, it. <laughs> I'm just enjoying it while we're here. And then, yeah, so that's sort of personally business-wise. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's a lot it's, it's a lot it is a lot yeah so I have stepped away from weight loss coaching which yeah. has been that was a really difficult thing um it was in in episode one Corinne was talking about her her identity was so wrapped up in competing and like in elite sort of fitness coaching for me my identity based on my journey and my experiences and everything that I've been focusing on for like five years was wrapped up in weight loss and it kind of got to a point where I'm like, I, it, it's just weight loss ain't it for me. I was like, it's mm. as I moved, as I'd st- important part, I hired a psychologist. I w- I've been through a year of therapy and I guess through this healing process, I'm like the relationship that you have with yourself is the most important mm. thing that you can have. And the relationship that you have with yourself and the trauma that you've developed and then heal through drives every fucking thing in your life. And so I was focusing on what seemingly became something that was surface level, but in a way that the depth behind that, let me make sure this makes sense. Yeah. The the reason why I struggled with my weight was my own personal relationship with myself, the shit that I'd been through, the the beliefs that I had. And so it kind of came to a point where I'm like, it's not fucking weight loss. It's mm. all the shit beneath it. It's your yeah. worth. It's your relationship with yourself. It's how you think about yourself. It's the beliefs that you hold. And so it was this, Kareen helped mm. Kareen has been a fucking pillar whilst I've conversed and discussed so many different fucking things with her. But I, yeah, the whole like moving away from the identity that you've held for so long and the thing that you got validated for and the thing that made yeah. you feel good enough. Yeah. Stepping away from that was a whole fucking thing. But I, yeah, created a new business called the Love Yourself Academy. And I now help women stop hating themselves and their bodies. And so I have both a body image course and a self-love course. And really your body and your weight issues stem from the relationship. Yeah, yeah. it kind of just really reminds me of um, this post that you shared of the iceberg. And it's like what we think weight loss is versus what it actually is. And it was like the tip of the iceberg was calorie deficit exercise whatever whatever but then below with the main chunk of it is your self-worth your beliefs so on and so on and so forth yeah Yeah. and so do you think it's because this is something that I I find a little bit difficult with clients as well is like do you think that some people just aren't ready for it or like how much is 
external society, the fitness industry got to do with it as well. Do you mean when you say for it, do you mean weight loss? Um, self-love, I guess trying to uh, shifting away from the outcome, focusing on the process uh, more than just the outcome and the fat loss itself or just realizing that the reason that you aren't getting where you are and that you continuously go yo-yoing and feel shit about yourself is because you're not working on these core beliefs and systems and so on. I think it's a lack of awareness. I Mm. think it's a lack of understanding that those are the things that are driving the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Because for me, well, I guess I can only speak for myself and I guess I can speak because I do know having coached 100,000 million women, not that many, but you know what I mean? Um, And until you know, you don't know. You only know what you know. And Mm. for me when I was at the start or the first couple of years of my weight loss, I think because social media, media advertising in your face shit all the time is all about beauty standards and what your body looks like and appearance, 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 a belief gets formed that that is the thing that will make you feel what you truly desire, which is confident, worthy, lovable, all of that shit. But until you know that it's not actually the outside it's the inside it's your internal your inner world that is the solution to the Mm. outside you just fucking don't know and i think like you know i go onto youtube yesterday and the ad that comes up is noom this weight loss thing um or there's that v shred guy that's fucking Mm, everywhere (laughs) (laughs) yeah let's not go there yeah (laughs) even on instagram like ads in your face all the time lose weight quick fix appearance uh, you know, influencers who fucking Photoshop their shit. Don't, like mm. that's a whole, like we, we're going to do a whole episode on this, by the way. Yeah. But, um, you know, the images that we see that we desire to have be, that we desire to look like, yeah. aren't even fucking real. And so I think the issue is that image, appearance, body is shoved in our faces that fucking much Yeah. That we believe that if we have that, it's the if X then Y cycle. If we, if have, we have this, that, then we'll then be happy. We'll feel all of the shit that we actually desire, which is confidence, self love, worthiness, being lovable, fucking even having sex with the lights on, like connecting deeply mm. with our partners. Like all of that stuff stems from our inner world, our relationship with ourselves. But yeah. until you know that, you don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And that shit's hard to sell. Like, I think, <laughs> oh, she knows, she knows. <laughs> that shit's hard That's- to sell because everyone wants that external transformation, right? They see that. They're like, yeah, I want that. I can diet. I can exercise. But then why do they fuck up? Why do they regain the weight? Why do they get to that point and they still feel fucking shit? Because you haven't worked on your inner self, bitches. Motherfucker. <laughs> yes. Two things. Why yes. do they gain weight? Coping patterns and mechanisms that haven't been worked on. So to use myself and his example, lost 50 kilos, gained a fuckload, lost gain, lost gain. Why? Because I hadn't worked on finding coping mechanisms that weren't food. Now I have, I know how to regulate my emotions. I know how to yeah. self-soothe. I know how yeah. to deal with shit. I know how to cope that isn't fucking food. Yeah. But so that, that's the first thing. And the second thing is, I can't remember what your question was, so I don't know what the second thing is. <laughs> I can't remember either. I'm so engrossed in that conversation and learning that I totally just forgot. Oh, that, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a really important part of my chapter and it feels really uncomfortable to share this because we all like to look like we're fucking achieving and succeeding. However, the first course that I learnt, launched under my new business, the Love Yourself Academy, was all about self-love. 
and it's still for sale by the way so if I can go and buy it <laughs> it's amazing Corinne's done it it is um, amazing <laughs> but going from selling something tangible such as yeah. weight loss yeah you know, lose 20 kilos or yeah um, you know there's a very specific process you follow these three things and you'll achieve the outcome to selling something that was more mindset and relationship based and the solution to what everyone was struggling with that course was really uncomfortable I was like this is the fucking solution everyone needs this yeah (laughs) I didn't sell very much at all because again I don't know it's like this fucking entrepreneur success thing like it didn't work it feels really uncomfortable to say that because no one talks about their failures yeah it wasn't a failure it was a lesson but what I guess I uncovered in that whole process was because everyone still has the belief that weight loss is the solution and the external yeah. is the thing that people believe based on mm. having shit shoved in their faces all the time is the solution to what they truly desire, which is self-love and confidence and worth. People uh, are, didn't buy what I was selling because they, they're it, um, negative buy. What's that? Um, cognitive dissonance. Yeah. It, went against the belief that already existed. That yeah. was the solution. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why we're here, right? It is. Yeah. That's why, like, why are you, Kate Purtle, here doing this podcast? What do you want to achieve from two birds? One pod. <laughs> to look at <laughs> what do you want to achieve? Well, what are your personal goals with this podcast? I think we're here. I'll speak for myself. I'm yeah. here. Because I, having struggled with what I've struggled with, having berated and beat myself the fuck up, having gone through this epic fucking weight loss journey that I dedicated my fucking life to for six years or something, and then coming out the other side and having lost all of the weight and then not felt what I wanted to feel and feeling still like a bag of dicks, (laughs) like a piece of shit. (laughs) I don't want that for you, the listener. I don't yeah. I don't want you to have, like, I want you to learn from my mistakes. Yeah. And instead of going through what I went through and putting yourself through that. And by the way, as a disclaimer, I am not saying weight loss is bad. And I am not saying that mm. no one should ever lose weight. I mm. Health is a very important thing. Health is a one of my top values. Health is something that I still focus on every day. However, what I don't want you to go through is thinking that, dedicating your life to losing weight and then still feeling like shit. I want you to work, both work on your health and more importantly, work on the relationship that you have with yourself, work on your body image so that when you do, if that's your goal, lose the weight, you feel like fucking amazing and you can celebrate yourself along the way and not still feel like a piece of shit because you haven't worked on that. Yeah. And yeah, I guess again, speaks to me like I'm here to fucking empower you through that. We're here to be fucking human. Just be human. Yeah. Normalize humanness. Like, yeah. like I said, that quote unquote failure that I experienced at the start of the year with my business, I have made many decisions in my business life that with hindsight and time and reflection weren't the best decisions. However, at the time I made those decisions because I thought that they were the right ones. That's Where right. You- and it was just a part of your journey too, uh, of self-discovery and what you were feeling at the time. And I don't, that's not wrong or a failure at all. It's not. However, it's important. Yes, they're very important <laughs> words because it's easy to feel like a failure when you have yes. a fucking failure complex. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, we're here or I'm here anyway to help you through that, to fucking normalize being human, to talk about these struggles. I did a post yesterday actually talking about this podcast and it was a like crying face of me saying like, yeah, yeah. Whenever they see people in what people deem as negative emotions, and by the way, there's no such thing as a negative emotion Great. because every emotion is fucking there helpful. and present to yeah. helpful to help you. But on a platform that we always see filtered mm. fucking perfection, best, when you best see version a of, best yeah. version highlight reel, when you see a picture of someone crying, it's like, <gasps> what are you doing? Like, it's a shock there? to like, the system. Yeah. It's a massive shock. Yet behind closed doors we all fucking cry we all get angry we all react we all fucking leave skitties in the toilet bowl we're all <laughs> guilty <laughs> we're all humans like just fucking let's talk about being a human about the struggles yeah. about the lessons about the failures about the all of the shit the challenges because that is what is connective being vulnerable creates connection being yeah. perfect cuts connection yeah it creates a lack of connection <laughs> What's the word? <laughs> well, just, yeah unrealistic expectations I think yeah I, I yeah again we're gonna go into a whole podcast about social media and all that sort of stuff so we'll save that for then well thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your life Kate and the journey <laughs> the journey <laughs> the journey that you've been on and I think it's going to be great to give the listeners a little bit of insight on like who you are who I am and our passions what we're here for and what we're we're really trying to achieve so each session we're going to be wrapping up with love proud grateful and this is something that I think is really important to be doing practicing ourselves so we want to practice it with you guys so if you're there listening um now let's think of one thing that you're proud and you're grateful for and one thing that you love about yourself no matter what it is Kate Pertle do you want to start what do you love about yourself well so yeah this is a segment that we're going to be doing at the end of every single episode so get used to it I love about me that I'm very committed to my growth and my healing and my personal development and unlearning all of the shit and becoming the woman that I'm truly destined to be. I'm really committed to that. And I just love that about myself. Yay. I'm proud of us, but myself in, in doing this, in being here, in having these conversations. I shared a couple of things today that felt really uncomfortable, but I think it's important to fucking share and express and be a human about. So I'm proud of, proud of me for sharing and I am really grateful for you. We, yeah, our friendship, um, our connection, our co-created space of beautiful, judgment-free deliciousness. So, deliciousness. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. What do you love, proud, grateful about? Ooh, okay. Love. I love that I'm a great listener. I really enjoyed this conversation and I really enjoy listening and, and learning about people. So, yeah, I love that I could sit and listen and create a space for someone to feel safe to talk um, about some of their most vulnerable feelings and moments. Proud. Proud. I am proud of myself for stepping outside of my comfort zone. Um, yeah, I have a massive failure complex as well. So, constantly challenging myself is difficult and yeah I'm really proud of myself for standing up to those thoughts and doing the shit anyway 
not letting that hold me back. Amen. Grateful, grateful. I'm grateful for the opportunities that we have. We have so many opportunities to express ourselves and to help others. And yeah, this platform I think is going to be a good opportunity for me to be able to do that. Mm. Yay. Expression, maybe. Yeah, something that's really important to me. Yeah. So thank you all for listening too. Yay. Well, that is the conclusion of episode one. I hope you enjoyed me sharing all about my life. Um, well, well, we will. <laughs> I, I love I learning more about you. I feel like I've even learned more about you and we've got a pretty close relationship already. Oh, that's great. Yay. Um, so friends, listeners, amazing humans, yet to come up with a community title for all of you guys. <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed this episode, we would absolutely adore it if you could screenshot the episode, chuck it on your Instagram stories and tag both of us so that we can connect with you in the DMs. We love uh, connecting. <laughs> <laughs> we love connecting. And that is all for this episode. Make sure you tune in because this week we will also be uploading the Everything About Korean Killing Beck episode. Yay! Make sure you look out for that. We love you. Thank you for listening. We will catch you in the next episode. Bye. See you later. Cheeky babes. <laughs>